Uh, good morning. Welcome to another episode of God's Best Kids. I'm my name's Ophion, and I'm joined with Harrison. I am here as always. Thanks for joining me again. It is your obligation, but okay. I was gonna say it's a pleasure, but you know, sorry, oh, sorry. it's that as well. Um, and what is this episode? I don't even know right now. Maybe 10. I was gonna say 10, so this is extra special. <laughs> 10th, 10th anniversary. Yeah, then once. 10th week anniversary. Tenth, yeah. When you're like, yeah. like 13 year old relationship kind of thing. <laughs> Sorry, mate. No, no. Listen, some of us have relationships that stem longer than that, you know? You know, when we're, when we're in year three, we truly found love. Stem for a whole year. And that's 52 weeks. Anyway, let's get into this. Let's start off, man. World Cup review. What are you saying? Hit me with your thoughts. I feel like... Sorry, just quickly. Um, Whilst we've... When we're filming this, England have been knocked out by France. 2-1 defeat. And... By the time you're watching this... By the time you're watching, the World Cup final would have happened. So... Take it away. Sorry about that. Yeah, because no, no, it's because yeah, I was gonna talk about England first, just because we haven't had the opportunity to. Um, mm. The subs were terrible. Is Shock. Point. Um, why they took like why he took Saka off over Foden first of all. Yeah, man. Why Rashford, our top scorer, played five minutes in the game. And why he took put Mount on for Henderson when he could have moved Foden into the middle instead of Mount being there, and then have Saka, Rashford, and Foden on and have your three most like dangerous players is mm. to me. He took way too long to take Henderson off. He was absolutely knackered and wasn't anything special. And w- the biggest problem I have with the whole thing, like both the players on the pitch and Southgate as a manager, there was no sense of urgency or throwing the kitchen sink at it or anyone giving a shit that like you're 15 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, two minutes, like 30 seconds Mm. away from being knocked out of the World Cup. Like we were still playing it around the back, making two substitutions by the 85th minute. Like if it's not working and you're losing, you've got to try to do something else. Yeah. Nah, I'd agree with that. I think, especially the Saka substitution, that really confused me because all game he was, he was arguably the best player on the pitch. Well, mm-hmm. certainly for England, he was. Um, yeah, the friend- Griezmann, by the way, he wow, Griezmann bossed it serious. Um, but Saka being taken off, confusing, confusing. Not even as an Arsenal fan, just as just watching England's like. He he was giving Teo Hernandez like a treacherous time. Yeah, couldn't deal with him. Kept fouling him. Saka won the penalty for us. You know, I don't he know. Was... He was the only one that seemed very direct. You know, going direct to his fullback and attacking him. And he got fouled so often, like because he just was getting the better of both um, Hernandez and Rabio and 
even up for Meccano before the goal that France scored. Like we could, I'm pretty sure we could talk about the ref forever though. Like, yeah, I did think Saka was sacked, uh, sacked was fouled in the build up to the England goal. There, but I just don't, I don't buy that as an excuse. Like, I played football, like he was fouled all the way up the other end, like corner the other end. Like there is enough there for you guys to deal with that. Like it's an it's enough of a period. Do you know what I mean? No, I know. We could talk about the ref forever because there there were a certain number of things that really pissed me off about the ref. But at the end of the day, as I say, like we we just didn't almost seem asked. Like we didn't seem yeah. to care that we we're about to get outside this World Cup. Like for example, that penalty on Mount. Oh yeah, that... no referee should have to stare at a monitor for like thirty seconds to figure out whether that was foul play or not. Mm. That should be a clear decision in the moment when it happens right in front of you. What is your thought on? What are your thoughts on? Um, a penalty taker taking the second penalty after it's taken the first one. Oh, I said it before he took it. I said I don't think he should because. Um and I know a lot of people have said, oh yeah, well you would say that now, but I've always I've always thought mm-hmm. the additional mind games of like when you take your first penalty, there's already mind games going on. Where's he gonna go? Where am I gonna put it? Like, what does he know about my past? What usually works for me? Should I switch it up? Should I not? The teammates as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, like oh, he's personally probably practices taking penalties against. Yeah. And then you have to add in the thing that when you take a second penalty it adds a whole nother level of well I did that last time so now do I do it again because he doesn't expect it or does he expect me to go there or like what's he now thinking and I think you could argue it works both ways like now the keeper's even more confused and it, it so you could say it cancels each other out but it just adds pressure on the penalty taker more than yeah. it needs to so and penalties are nerve-wracking things anyway so I feel like you should, try, unless the penalty taker's adamant that he's going to take it, you should let someone else do it. I think that actually probably did happen. Look, Harry came to captain. He scored one before. England's highest ever goal scorer. I think it, it, you'd find it extremely difficult to take that penalty off him, to be honest. And I don't know, there's... But there are good few... I don't know. Saka's been taking penalties recently for Arsenal a lot more since... His miss in the last tournament. Um, I'd even say like Maguire or Stones, man, because they are they are I'd, very good penalties taken. Yeah, best, yeah. best penalty I've ever seen was that Euros final. Like, I don't know what but that that penalty. I don't think any keeper ever saves that penalty in the Euros final. Like, yeah, it was insane. It was insane. Um, but no, you're right. I think it does add an extra psychological factor. And um, I saw this interesting thread on Twitter about um, like the whole psychology of the penalties and how in the first one, Henderson was like kind of like Kane's ally. Like he could stand over the penalty spot, like protect it from the French players and he'd stand all the way to, um, with Kane all the way till he takes the penalty. And obviously in the second penalty, Henderson was taken off just before and none of those players on the pitch, as much as you can say about Henderson's um, 
footballing ability or whatever. He is he is a leader. I mean, he's Liverpool captain, won Champions League, Premier League, and he knows. You know, he's been in these situations. Um, they said they were saying about how um, no one was there with Kane, kind of thing. So added pressure. He was isolated around. I don't know, six, five or six French players. Um, so you know, you know what happens. Like people talk to each other, get in their heads. Like you know, mess up the penalty spots. Like we've seen it all, really. Like, but and then when Kane misses it, no one goes up to him. Uh, for a while, apart from Bellingham, who's 19, like a 19-year-old kid, whereas all the French players rushed towards Lloris and celebrated the team kind of thing. Yeah. I just think that's the thing that going forward they should definitely consider because psychology is a huge, huge... I mean, you know a lot about psychology. It's a huge part of sport and, you know, top-level sport especially, do you know what I mean? The way that Jude ran over to him. Like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. That was great. Nice to see. Captain. He just is a captain. 19. He's a serious ball talent. He's just... I invested stocks in him early, man. Since since my mum was 15 years old, I've been invested. He, he's just got it all. He, like, and look, we're, we're at the moon right now. I would, I would say lying. <laughs> he's, if I said he seems like an English player, like he's just too well put together. He's He's not... He's a bit like what Rooney was when he was 18, but even more mature. Like a lot more mature than Rooney was when he was 18, but he's got like the complete game. Because his, his physique is insane. Like his build at that age. Mm. What, a six foot two guy at least? Like okay. very strong, very athletic. So, what, what do you say? What are you saying about the future for England and Southgate? Um, Going into 2024, Euros. It's, it's hard to like really understand Jude's only 6-1 um, it's what I'm taller than Jude Benny. Um, I'm 5'11 does that work Job's 5'10 as well um, <laughs> fucking hell but yeah I, I'd, I I really don't know to be honest with you because I think Southgate it, it depends a lot on Southgate because I think you could argue Southgate's time is done because neither of us rate him tactically, but I have started to appreciate a lot how important it is in international football, looking at previous France teams, for example, looking at the Portugal team, looking at the Belgian team, how important it is to completely ignore club rivalries and differences in personality and build a really good community in the team. And yeah. Southgate's really, obviously, the whole time he's been in charge, been really good at that. And I think the group of players we have now have that instilled in them. So we don't actually need a Southgate. We now need a tactician, potentially, because these players all fight for each other and love each other already. Like You could say this should have happened before this World Cup because it was already instilled in these players from the Euros. But if we now get a tactician, I think it just builds on what Southgate's built in terms of the way the team plays for each other. Yeah. We get a manager who's got more experience in the big games and can actually get us the trophy that everyone has now been waiting for for 58 years or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, 100. Um, So who are your candidates? Like... Well, 
Uh, this is okay. Do you do you quick, quick, by the way, Portugal, Brazil, Belgium, all mm. big heavyweights have gone rid whose managers have left since their World Cup exits. So, you know, there's you're competing there, you're competing against top teams. Well, do you so you don't assign to this belief that your manager should be English? No, I've I've seen that. I think Jamie Carragher was the one that said that. A few people have, and including Jamie Carragher, yeah. Um need a best person for the job. I'm a bit conflicted because I get I get the whole yeah idea of if this is a World Cup or a Euros and we're representing England, then it should be the best of English can provide. And if we don't have a manager good enough to compete, then that's our shortcoming, basically. Like the only man you would really chuck in there probably is Gareth Southgate or Graham Potter. Like Yeah. Like, Potter wouldn't play. Yeah, I like, I don't think Potter would leave Chelsea unless they approached him with like a like apparently Portugal approached Mourinho with a club and country kind of career mode type offer. Yeah, I saw that. If you did that to Graham Potter, maybe he'd say yeah, but maybe he'd also say it's a bit early for me. Like I'm, I don't need to be in the manager yet. And you just said you want someone that's got experience with a big stage. You know, sure. Potter's Potter's underqualified. I would think that. Yeah, but he's got a role at FIFA that I, don't, I really don't think that. I just don't see him going back into management. Can't lie. But he's, but he's always been conflicts of interest then as well. He's always been a fan of the England job though. I just want him. I want him to have it. He gave me some of my best footballing memories when I was a kid, and I want him to be able to just do that for me. I think I've spoken to him, and he was like. It's just that, nah, can't lie. It's that like off young. No. You know, that's how my, you know, that's that how my mum still pronounces your name like that. I'm like, mum, you don't have to be French. Um, yeah, I basically won, you know. England, for, like, we're winning the World Cup. <laughs> like, I don't support France. I don't support any team. I support players. Listen, club over country, that's that's me personally. So what you texted me straight after we lost. Yeah, of course I did. I was like, let's talk about it. Um yeah, so World Cup final. Yeah. Argentina versus France. Um, by the way, you watched the Argentina Netherlands game. Mm. What a game, by the way. What a game. Insane. Insane game. Did we have filmed a pod since then? No, we haven't. I don't think we have, no. Nah, but what? Can we just talk? I think standout game. I think it was the night after we recorded it. Okay. That was serious standout game for me. I really, really enjoyed that game. That fucking free kick. Yeah. I'm sorry. um, I was so speechless. Like, if you look at it now, for example, if you look at it in any context, like, it's a fairly fairly standard piece of play, really. Like it's just a trick play that people. Nah, it's not though. You've never uh, seen that. I've never seen that. I've seen it. People do that sometimes. It doesn't usually pay off, but they try it. But it's the context as well. Like how on edge everything is. You're like, this is the last kick of the game, and especially when it's the last kick of the game, people try to bury it because it's like their last shot. You're not gonna try. You're, like, you're gonna try the most direct route. 
Because if you try to pass it to Weghorst, that could get intercepted. Like, and then the thing with the other way, everyone's like, oh, like, why did he try that? Yeah. And to be fair for, to Weghorst, amazing amount of pressure on him. And he was like being pulled down, completely off balance. Yeah. Miskicked the ball as well. And Proper striker. Going to the back of the net. And it was like, He's done it before. Yeah, I saw that. It was like, like oh. 20, something like, at least four years ago. Yeah. Wolfsburg. Any paper Wolfsburg, yeah. Yeah, that was insane. And listen, I love I love the shit housing. I like I love the fuggery of all this shit like between Argentina and Netherlands. Like um was it Paredes that fouled someone and then beat the ball? I love that. I put the ball right into the sub subs bench. I was like, yes, 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 yes. That's what I get invested for, man. I do I do yeah. love the fighting. It all kicking off. I do love the fighting, but I don't rate the post match continuations. Like, yeah, especially from like Argentina side, like I can understand Holland, like not Holland because that's only two, but Netherlands. Yeah, I saw that. I saw <laughs> that. Netherlands, um, like reacting to Argentina, but there's no reason for Argentina to act the way they did. Like, yeah. you kind of won the game, like let it go. Like, like there's like someone said it. It's not a lack of class or whatever. And I was like, it is though. Like there's this thing still called respect and sportsmanship. You've the whole point is you, you can treat your opponent like shit for 90 minutes or 120 minutes. And at the end of it, it was just all like you're meant to leave it out on the field. Like you don't like, there's a reason I, I don't know. I, it just pissed me off. So it made me really dislike the Argentinians. Uh, yeah, I hear the point. I didn't dislike him. I, I was just, I just like, there's no need for it, innit? Like, but it was, listen, while, whilst it happened on the pitch, it was great entertainment for me. Um, um, But obviously, Magic Messi, Argentina through to World Cup final, 3 0 win against Croatia. How do you see that going, World Cup final? Yeah. Um... How do you see that? Listen, I predicted you. I mean, we both predicted Argentina in the final, right? Yeah, we both said Argentina would win as well. Um, yeah. I basically written down both that both have been inspired in terms of, as in Messi and Mbappe have both been completely inspired this tournament. Like they've been above everyone else. Like both Argentina and France have been to an extent one man teams but they've both like they've got a good level of players around them who have like done very good supporting roles like Alvarez has been insane so it's great they've both they've both got players throughout the team that have had like standout performances but when it comes time to win the game both Messi and Mbappe have like kind of had moments of right I'm gonna pull this team up like I'm going to do this. It doesn't matter if I score or not, but I'm going to get us a goal somehow. And I think one of them will just drag their team through it. Like, I think it's going to be a bit of a Netherlands type of game, like a bit of a shit house kind of, a lot of bad fouls, a lot of yeah loose balls. And at the, end, at the end of the day, 
there's a lot like the solidarity that Argentina have with Messi and the determination that he has as it's also his last I I reckon that gets them through yeah I mean that's what I hope plays out that's what I definitely hope play out. I hope um, I think France France did look a bit vulnerable like, against us well they look like they can be shot at against against England and against um who they played the other day uh, Morocco yeah they yeah defensively suspect to a tournament like yeah Lloris at the back I don't rate him they just strong, right? Up the, I'm sorry, Alpha did not have a good game against us at all. He didn't. Rabio, midi baller, and I don't like him. Um, I didn't say their midfield was too balanced either. Nah, but I like Gries. I like Griezmann. Griezmann, he's had moments as well. That career move to Barca, you forgot how good he. I personally forgot how good he was. Like, he's been he's played striker on the wing, and now he's playing centre mid, and I like it. Wait, he's really? holding it down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I know I was talking about some house but I was saying France just because the team, but Argentina they are digging in for Messi. They are like properly digging in for him. So I'm a bit complete. I'm going to sit on the fence still, but I'm going to say France just so one of us wins. But listen, I I hope I I personally hope Argentina win, man. I want to see, I want to see the goat lift, lift what he's always wanted. I don't anymore. Like they're you my don't. they're my prediction, but I've said before that like, I'm quite a moral man, and once people kind of piss me off, I'm not. Oh, they... what, his post-match interview piss you off yeah I'm just not I'm just... like you, you bastard yeah I'm just not for it anymore like if you can't shake your man's hand after the game then I don't respect you don't doesn't matter I respect Fair your enough. footballing ability but I don't I don't want you to win the World Cup you don't deserve it if that's your attitude towards people yeah I hear that I hear that um listen it's intense. It is intense. Oof. Emotions, Oof. emotions are running high. To be fair, is so if if that's the battle out on the pitch, then you're allowed to do whatever you want on the pitch, but don't bring it out of the pitch. Yeah, to be fair, we've never seen Messi do anything like that before. I can't be. I'm not dick riding another man. Do you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, I've never seen Messi do that before. Exactly. Yeah, it was. It was Once he did. Huh? You shouldn't do it once. Not when you've won as well. Like if he just got yeah. knocked out, I would be maybe like it's it's heartbreaking for him and like it's his last chance. I'd get it. To an extent. Listen, you don't know what they're saying either. Like no, I mean about your mum and shit and family and you know. Yeah, but then you've got Emmy Martinez as your goalkeeper, so you can't talk. Yeah, I know, but when it's personal, it's different, isn't it? Could be talk chatting about your kids. Oh, you're just gonna stand there and take. Listen, I, I'm, I'm all for playing the. No, I, I think you should be respectful, of course. Like, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. But obviously, I still want Messi to win. I can't lie. I get that. Um, yeah. So should we move on? You shall. Yes. Okay. Brittany 
Well, we'll move on to Brittany Griner. Griner? Yeah. Yeah. That's how to pronounce it, right? Yes. Yeah. Thought as much. Um she's been she's been released from Russia. She's been free in this last week. Traded even. Traded. <laughs> Very good. Uh right. So people don't know who she is. She's a female basketball player who plays in the WMBA. Um she was traveling to Russia. This was in February 2021. Yeah. Yeah, 2021. And she was rejoining her team, UMMC. Yakuba, I can't even say that word. Yakuba or something. And it was a team that she basically played for during the offseason of the WNBA. And so while she was cautioned, what happened was while she was crossing the border, Russian authorities accused her of um, carrying some hash oil that had um, strains of cannabis uh, within her luggage in Moscow, and she got detained. And I think, um, so she got detained on February the 17th, and then R- Russia invaded Ukraine like a week later. So this added an extra element into it because Russia obviously started getting heavy sanctions from um, the USA, amongst other countries. So obviously this added extra, an extra barrier and difficulty with it within them. And so it's kind of complicated, that kind of complicated, um, like f- getting Brittany home for the US officials. So what do you make of all this? What do you make of this story? So a lot has been made about how does this, because we they swapped an arms dealer, whose nickname yeah. is the Merchant of Death. Yeah, for a basketball player, and that makes no sense. Seen quite cynically, because um, I there are two camps, and I don't know which I'm in because I do get the whole um you know this country's at war and we don't agree with like anything to do with the war that they're waging so let's give them an arms dealer who helps people get weapons and kill people but so I saw a tweet which said it shows what the USA value compared to Russia like the USA are taking a two-time gold-winning like, Olympian home. And that's what they care about. Like they're, they're showing care for their people. And all the all that Russia care about is getting an actual criminal home. Like, yeah. That's a big difference between those mindsets there. Um I think context about like if this was the men's basketball game, there'd be no discussion. Like you do whatever you could to get Brit. Yeah. Home. But this has gone on for a year and maybe a half now. Yeah, but she's got a very impressive stat line. Like she averages well, she averaged in the twenty twenty one season just like twenty point five points per game and nine and a half rebounds a game. So around the twenty point per game, ten rebounds per game, like there aren't many players who average that. Um, yeah. If 
anyone remembers there was this big thing quite a while ago when the USA Olympic teams were playing that she challenged DeMarcus Cousins to a one-on-one saying that she could easily beat him. And to be fair, she does actually have a better stat line than DeMarcus Cousins. But, like, if, if she was in the men's game, obviously she wouldn't get 20 points and 10 rebounds a game. But if you compare it to people that do get 20 points and 10 rebounds a game, you have, like, Will Chamberlain, Charles Barkley, Tim Duncan, Abdul-Jabbar, Shaq O'Neal, Larry Bird. Like, these are... There are a few players that can boast that kind of stat line in a season. So, and that's what she does like season in, season out. So I'd say it's about respecting and caring for your country people and showing how you value them. And I think it's quite an important message in my opinion. I don't necessarily agree with freeing a merchant death but yeah i think that's a stupid decision but if you want to look at how it portrays each country like usa have won from a pr perspective like pr but this guy has been trade like dealing weapons with people that conspire to kill americans as well I I do think it's stupid. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, I can't believe a man like that's been let out again. But um, unfortunately, Brittany had to deal with a lot of mm. I saw, uh, a lot of um homophobia as well as um racism also in the Russian jail she was in, and obviously that's obviously very distressing for her family and her teammates as well. This is, I mean, it's been ongoing for over a year now. That is a long time and obviously she's a professional athlete that's a year out I I guess you can I, there's only say I've never been to prison but there's only so much like match fitness not even match fitness just like exercise you can do and yeah you can bounce a ball about but it's very different to actual training match fitness you know and it's like, different and she was basically stripped of identity so like Hair, especially for women, like is a big thing, and yeah, she's got a cut. Apparently, her hair would just freeze because the temperatures were that cold. So she just had to like it had to get cut off. And those little those little bits that you can cling on to of like this is still who I am. Like I've whatever she's chosen to do with her hair, she had braids. Like that's a part of her personality, part of who she is, yeah. and. Probably the yeah, like she loses part of herself because of that. Dehumanizing, yeah. Mentally, that must have been insanely difficult, and probably still is. Still leaves a lot of scars there for her. Um, the homophobia and racism on top of that. Like, yeah, I'm sure she's she's had to deal with that stuff her whole life. She shouldn't have to deal with it at all. But I would hope she's strong enough, based off of her previous experiences, to like be able to cope with it. You'd hope so, and hopefully she get back. She gets back quickly playing professional basketball, man. Um, I she's one of those like, like I don't really follow um women's, especially basketball, but I know a few women's footballers, both um in the UK and football. But she's actually one of those people that I'd actually heard of heard of before, um, 
before this controversy came out. Um, so that was that's only a good sign. Like she's known within like circles that she probably has no business in really. Like I shouldn't really know who she is, but I already knew her for her um basketball ability just through watching. I don't know, just see, just through social media, really. But yeah, but now she's definitely she. It'll be interesting to hear her story, like obviously when she feels comfortable enough to share it, and maybe she does a few press releases or I don't know, write a book. Perhaps it'll be interesting to see that, and because I'm sure there's so many unique experiences that she, that listen, one can only assume what's been going on, but only she really knows. And obviously, when she's ready, it'll be interesting to hear that. I feel like she might have even got worse treatment because of, for example, the Ukraine war. And I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the current tension that there is between the two sides. And I think there are probably plenty of people who have been to Russian jail and been released and live in the Western world now and can tell you all about it. But having it from a source of someone who's actually got a voice first of all and a following and can also has these parts of her like she's mm. a and she is a person of color and those two added things like can make certain people act a way that is very revealing of the people underneath and that could yeah definitely definitely man Understand about certain mindsets. Yeah, yeah. Russian jail is not something. It's difficult alone as it is. Russia. Yeah. Um. But I think yeah, I think you make a really good point. Um. If that was a male athlete, like million, I don't know, millions of contracts worth. I know this guy's worth a lot of money. Like that would. I think it would have been resolved in a matter of weeks and not we're not talking yeah. a year. Do you know what I mean? You it's a different question. treatment. You wouldn't question it at all. You wouldn't question it at all, yeah. The club, get the finest lawyers or whatever, you know. Yeah. Biden, I don't know, administration would yeah, sort out ASAP. But anyway, um we are running out of time for this part, but we shall see you guys in the next part. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> hello, and welcome to part two of God's Best Kids podcast. Um, thanks if you're still here. Thank you, thank you. I hope you enjoyed part one. Listen, you must be wondering what I'm talking about, but don't worry, there's a little ad break in there. So, let's chat about Chat GPT. This is this is kicked off. This is nuts have you have you seen much about it um i've been using it every day for a week now i was about to ask that have you <laughs> been, have you tried it out no i i um so you know there's a snowstorm at the moment um yeah there is a yeah 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 so i've obviously i've been hearing about chat gpt for the last two weeks like probably everyone on earth right now um, yeah we got stuck on the way to robert's bridge no, we got stuck in Roberts Bridge on the way um, to the coast. Mm. Little, little village in Sussex with not much there. Like, it's got a train station, a shop, a bakery, 
and a couple of B&Bs, which are also pubs, and an Indian. Um, luckily, we got a room in one of the B&Bs, thanks to... I'm not going to say. Um, <laughs> basically, I just got... Like, our producer was having to um, write a little piece for uni, so I wasn't doing much. So I thought, I'm going to whip out chat GPT. And so I spent the evening in this snowstorm without any power, just seeing what chat GPT can do. And ever since then, I've been using it quite a bit. Like, it's my, been helpful. Well, my Brittany Griner research. You cheated. Guy <laughs> actually cheated, man. What the, what the fuck? I've, I've been here trying to do it seriously. Well, no, I, didn't, I didn't actually read any of it. Like I did just look up her stat line while we were talking and I looked up who she, <laughs> who, who's got similar stat lines while we were talking. But uh, <laughs> what on chat and chat GPT? No, I did that on Google, but okay. But yeah, <laughs> it basically chat GPT well, gave me an overview of who she was. Mm. Like first round draft pick, six time all star. Three-time defensive player of the year, lesbian, two gold medals, advocate for LGBTQ rights. Um, but yeah, I've used it a lot. It's extremely useful. I think Google as a search engine engine in terms of finding things out. Like Google's obviously not done. Google will never be done, and it's got too much money to be done. But as for example, someone who was once at university. Why the fuck would you ever write anything again that you would like? Why would you use Google? I, I chat GPT would help you so much more in terms of I, but to be clear, chat GPT is <laughs> the answer, it is a tool. Like, there are a lot of people who I'm sure are going to go away and like use chat GPT as now a search engine. Um, yeah. I'm excited for what future uses it has and what similar things we'll have. But realistically, they projected one billion pound, one billion dollars revenue by 2024 already, and they only launched it like two weeks this ago. year. Yeah, yeah. Insane. insane. I think a lot of people use it as a sole thing, and I, you basically need to use it as a basis. Like you need to use it as something that helps you organize and helps you understand little like overall topics that you can then go into further. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just really excited about it. Basically the future of AI. How do you feel about it? Have you been using um, it? I've actually never tried it. I've never got time to try it, but I definitely will um, eventually. But I just thought it was really cool. Like, it like complex piece of information that obviously for me personally, I'd probably find a bit difficult to understand just compressed into, mm. into a very simple time saving method as well. It's time efficient. It's energy efficient as well. Yeah. But are we looking at the future where the humans are going to be extra lazy and also unemployed? This will, depending how it goes in the future, potentially yeah. you know, we could, 
I've used I've seen people use it for stuff like essays, as you mentioned, and also like dropping dropping game, dropping riz. Well, I've I've <laughs> I've asked I've asked ChatGPT itself, will AI replace copywriters? And what copywriters are are people that basically do all of the creative writing on the internet or in books or in adverts or what like any piece of writing you see, yeah. most likely a copywriter wrote it. Um there are some things that AI could do, but as ChatGPT told me, and I've long thought anyway, AI won't be able to replace the creativity and ingenuity of a human and they'll never be able to yeah. actually understand the human thought process. So ChatGPT or any other AI that's good at writing could probably eventually write you quite a decent book based off an algorithm and inserting characters into that algorithm and scenes into that algorithm. But it's it's coming from somewhere. Like everything AI is a collection of human thoughts that's basically amal amalgamated into this one thing. Like this is how humans speak. So this is how I speak. And this is how it would work if I was a human instead of a piece of artificial intelligence. Um, so if it's a human thought it's original if it's an ai thing it's been done before like that's the important distinction is that there are jobs that obviously will be lost and it will be things like just fact like if it's already written about factually and you need someone to write a some a summary of those facts or like, for example, I've got a summary of the Bush war and I've got a summary of um, the Palestinian-Israel conflict, both from ChatGBT. And because those are factual things that I don't need to look elsewhere for. But if you wanted to read a nice story before bed, ChatGPT is going to not do anything different or creative, mm. it's just going to regurgitate what it's learned from algorithms, whereas a human is actually going to be able to tell you something new that you've not heard before. Yeah, I guess that is the authenticity that you can't really replace. Yeah, You can't put money value on it. Um, but the founder and CEO, Sam Oldman, yeah. um, I have heard that he, he says... The AI will help people automate routine tasks and make work more interesting, as you you said, like condenses information, um, make decisions faster. Cost of cognitive labor will near zero, and that's what I was saying as well. Um, literally, don't have to think about anything at all. Yep. Um, create new markets and industries, and have a profound, ultimately, have a profound impact on society. I think. I mean, this is really interesting. It's really cool, and um, I'm quite excited for. I'm gonna. I'm excited to try it now. Now, now that I've heard that, um, I'm not gonna use it on any essays or anything like that. Just disclaimer to my, to my university and institution. You know, that's not me. But um, definitely on routine tasks like complex things as well, like the Palestinian Israel war. I yeah. don't. I think that's important, like for complex things that mm. I don't know hopefully give you a balanced 
well, that's, that's the one thing. Fair, fair. This is the one thing. Obviously, first of all, it is coded by humans, so there could be unconscious bias in it. And second of all, it is purely a like its database is built off what is readily available. Yeah. So if people have written in a biased way about certain topics or whatever, it could impact it. I don't know it what. So I don't I don't know enough about it to know what kind of things there are in place to stop that happening. But for example, there's a summary of the Israel-Palestine conflict. I've never had a side because i've never known enough about it to have a side mm. if i were to read this you would come away blaming israel and countries such as the one we live in which a lot of people do already like that is a common viewpoint a lot of people share but a lot of people equally support the israeli side so It, to me, there has to be a reason some people support that side. And that makes me wonder if what is in front of me is the full story or not. Yeah. So it, I think it's it's good, but you always should still take it with a pinch of salt. It's like, as, salt. as we were talking with Andrew yeah. Huberman last week, like even if it's a reputable source and everything that is said makes sense, like it is still one source. Yeah, I think your own research and um, be mobile as you learn new facts and you know not being particularly stuck in one way or direction. Like your own judgment ultimately needs to come into this, and from your own research. Um, <clears throat> well, but that's, that's why I say it's just a good tool. Like, yeah, it's it a tool, be- not a. It can Not get solution. Yeah, exactly. It can get you on the right footing. Like, I want to go down this route. I need to learn more about that thing, that thing, or I need to do more about this. And then you go and do it. But like, it can direct you, but it's not the solution, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I know Elon Musk is very interested in this. I think he is one of the founders, not founder, but he's got interest. Yeah, he's a founder, no? He's got interest in it. Uh, <laughs> I think he's one of the founding investors. He's definitely invested. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, interesting to see what happens. Um, so from one, uh, you could say fucked up American to another. <laughs> wow. So that's probably doing making it really okay, hard. So you're, so you're on King Charles' side, are you? Yeah, I'm a massive royalist, I think. We've never been better without them, you know. I, Britain as a republic could would be hell. Would be hell. I'd hate it. That is sarcasm. Please note that we're British. We're famous for it, even though we're shit at it. Um, um yeah. So obviously Meghan and Harry, um, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. I still be. They still hold those titles. They do. That's um, they do. Um, Tory MPs get their way that won't be the case much longer 
Yeah. Um, Shame I'm not sitting in front of my bulldog with a British flag behind it right now. That'd be... I don't think that is a strain, pal. Um, anyway, they have released a documentary um, on Netflix. Yes. For a sum of $90 million, $100 million. Pounds. Um, if you don't know, Harry Meghan in 2021, 2020, 2020 um, left the royal family to pursue their personal interests as as they didn't as they had essentially had a fallout with various members of the royal household and um to them they were unfairly treated and making us talked about being suicidal and not yep. being offered any help um the skin color of their child archie um was brought into question by a senior member of the royal family and there's a general tone of racism, institutional racism, and that Megan calls out, and also the tabloids, British tabloids, have been um, harassing her, or well, harassing them. And I think Prince Harry wanted to protect his wife, as in his words, he didn't want to see another woman in his life um, that he loved get killed by the tabloids and the media. Um, so they decided to move to America. Yes. They moved to America. Well, I think they first moved to Canada and then they moved to America. They moved to California. Um, yeah, because I think she lived in Canada because that's where they filmed Suits. And then, suits, yeah. yeah. Um, so she is an American actress. She considerably older than Prince Harry. She's in her 40s now. Um, that, yeah. She's Not, she's she's older than him, big time. I mean, I, I like. She, I thought she was older than him, but I didn't. Forties, forty-one. Yeah, forty-one. Bloody to be God. fair, it's three years gap between them. He's thirty-eight. I thought he was a lot. I still see him as you know, eighteen-year-old, stupid, silly Harry that you know does wears silly outfits and we are about. Like, we are like oh, yeah, dickhead. He they do address that to be oh. fair in huh? Sure thought for saying offensive. I was gonna say Harry's are like that, and then you went wearing offensive outfits. Okay. Oh yeah, that's not you. Um just childish people though. Childish. Um he's obviously um from a certain privileged background that a lot of people, a majority of people in this country could only dream of and and so it just makes you question. They asked for privacy, um, so they moved away. So why then is the question, and a lot of people's lips, have they decided to make this Netflix documentary for £100 million? Some people say it's because this is the first time Harry's had to fend for himself. His father's cut him off, um, not cut him off like personally, but maybe he has, I don't know. But monetary wise, I think he stopped funding. That they stopped being funded from the royal fund. Um, so now they have to look for new ventures to make money. Take it away. Oh me, I thought you were gonna. Okay. Um. I we we. So have you watched any of it? Yeah, I have. Have you watched all of it? No, I've only I watched one and a half episodes. Uh, episode two, halfway through. I think we we have. Our way through episode four. 
Um, Fucking mate, you man love reality TV, man. That is crazy. Oh, I would just put it on at dinner. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> just in the background. Um, no. but we do because reality TV is hilarious. Like, even though this documentary is serious, like there are moments where you can just continuously make jokes as long as it's in good taste. When uh, she sort like the the curtsy. How do you? No, even... my favorite one was. Um... How would I have seen this? No, there's an episode. Okay. In episode four, she talks about their wedding, and she's like talking about how weird it and like crazy it all is. And basically, I'm a fan of the documentary. I'm a fan of both of them. In terms of that, they seem like they come across as good people. It's their chance to tell us. There's a lot in it that we don't know about until you watch it. Yeah. Um, and there are parts that I think they could have done without, for example, just like little things that aren't the cutsy thing. I don't think she had to put that in. Personally. Like there are just there are just things that are yeah unnecessary basically. Like the yeah. Cut- you say the curtsy thing like there's just things that drag it out a bit and it's not a good look some of it yeah but yeah and that's, that's the big thing um this is meant to be your getting people almost getting people back on your side in a way like trying to open people's eyes as to what you've been through and the people that were already at least on the fence if not on harry and megan's side will still be where they already were, if not in more support of Harry and Meghan now. But for the people that were leaning more towards that against Harry and Meghan, it's really, it's like, this is aimed at a British audience because they're the ones that are really split the, like in terms yeah. of... The Americans, I think, from the Oprah doc, probably fully support them. Yeah. But so, large majority. That's how it feels. like, And they yeah. don't have the same relationship with the, the royal, royal family like, yeah they would still love the royal family anyway some of them and some of them just don't care about the royal family but in england it's like it's pretty much one or the other is how it feels at this moment and a lot of it is a bit tone deaf in the kind of situation we're in as to how people will react to it such mm. as so one a couple of things in the um documentary in series four they talk about as i say episode four sorry not series four um if it was a series four fuck me (laughs) how much you have to say (laughs) (laughs) but as i said elton john was playing the piano she was she had a sword in her hand because she was doing like with harry because they were doing the ceremony that they do at the wedding and all of this stuff was going on and she's like it's so like uh, you know, over the top, whatever, crazy, weird, confusing, what was going on. And I was thinking, yeah, granted it is, but also you've just given license to a load of people to like go, you're in such a privileged position in that moment. Like, oh, I'm sorry that you find Elton John at your wedding a bit weird whilst you're marrying one of into one of the richest families in the world like 
And that's how a lot of the people that sit on the other side of the fence from, I assume, you as well as me, based off of your nodding when I was saying we support, well, I support Harry and Meghan. Yeah, yeah. That's how a lot of people take that. And there's another instance in that episode where they talk about living in Kensington Palace. And they say, but we didn't actually live in the palace. We lived in a cottage on the grounds of the palace. And we still had to do jobs like veneering the wood of the summer house and I and Megan would be out with her garden home. And I was thinking, fuck me. So out of touch. Like, that is insane that you have to look after your palace that you don't live in, you just live next to with your royal grounds and the fact that you have the ability in a working week to hoe your garden and veneer your shed people have to go to work like to live apparently a lot of people striking because they're not being paid enough yeah if you look at the way time it's been released it's not it's just like you said a particularly great climate to to be complaining about (laughs) privileges in your life look we're normal people we we just do the same as all of you guys well no because people do veneer in their spare time for example if if they're lucky enough to be able to afford a summer house um your spare time is whenever you feel like it because you've got enough money to do that like that's crazy i i support them completely in terms of what happened massively with the family and the media like i the media is media horrible but um yeah in like the second well i'm not only up to the second but it's when She's like filming suits and yeah. just trying to get to her to her dressing room kind of thing. Like just they had to protect, like put fencing around it. Um they'll follow her home and like ask neighbors, they would offer neighbors money to put like cameras so they can watch over the garden fence. Oh, I'm just like that is insane. And even like just hearing all the clicks and everyone just standing out there. It, it really makes me feel uneasy. So yeah. I I don't I don't envy any part of like public life, um, like royal life at all, or being in front or being in front of like being having to entertain you're kind of having to entertain because I there's this thing I said, um it kind of feels like the royals have to entertain because we the public pay for them. So mm. it's we we get this access to you. You have nothing to say about it because we fund you. Yeah, kind of. Um, but it is a it is a bit of an uneasy watch the whole media stuff. I can't lie. And I'm to be honest, I'm never one of those people that's cared whether we have a royal family or not. They do their part in terms of they do help in a lot of charitable cases, and they mm-hmm. serve as a boost for the economy in terms of tourism. Whether that boost me is actually worth it is a question that i'm not going to bother getting into but either way i don't really care about whether we have one or not but at the same time just because we pay for them i don't think we are owed a look into their lives it's the same way i said about mps in one of our earlier podcasts like we pay for mps but we don't 
but then we don't need to know about their private lives. I need to door stop them, shit like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I agree. Um. Like I think a lot of I think um in the early episodes she was talking about um how she was quite political kind of thing um and being a royal you have to remain neutral and I think that had that already um caused a lot of um trouble within relations because she just didn't quite get it but that's what happens when you marry someone out of out of your circle they obviously do not get it she's an american actress she she was a activist before you know she still is an activist now but you know obviously they're not going to get it you can't be pissed off at someone for saying for talking about the me too movement and you know obviously they're not going to get it and um i found it what i found really really disturbing actually was um how um her and Harry had William and Will over for dinner and she said um like that outside persona's continued inside. Like Meg was like, oh I'm a big hugger. I like to hug. Yeah. And apparently like, and then she was just like, nah, that that shouldn't happen. I was like, what what? This is your sister in law. And that makes no sense. This is like William, like it just seems like a lot a lack of affection and and yeah it just it seems hostile it seems hostile they're kind of two two within the jobs like why can't you hug your sister-in-law why can't you shake why yeah. why does it have to be a formal a formal shake hands and have dinner properly you're meant to you guys are like the, meant to be the future of the monarchy you're meant to be the ones that are appealing to the british crowd that you are just like them you've moved with the times you're ordinary I think but, yeah. Harry presents himself really well, I'd say. Yeah, he speaks well. But Megan, Megan comes off worse than Harry in terms of he she just as she is, really, as as a lot of her points about it prove, like she's just a bit naive about the whole situation. Um, but Harry comes off, especially the more you watch it, like where we are now, like you get this feeling that he really, really doesn't rate the royal family. I mean, can we just talk about he's not related to any of them, first of all. He's just not. Uh, you think? Because um, He's not. Come on, his dad's ginger. The bloody R.A. Like, he... Diana had a brief effect. Oh, my God, this is so weird. I've just... A van just driven past that has H and M. Like, not like the original H and M, but it's like no, H and M and... I noticed that when I when we I was just like H and M. Oh, that is weird. Although Her Majesty or His Majesty. Yeah, listen. Either way, royal connotations, you know. But um, yeah. I I really from what I've watched so far, I really like enjoy Harry speaking. Um, he owns up, takes responsibility. Um, for obviously the mistakes he's had in the in the past. He's saying growing up under the public eye wasn't easy and having a nine-year-old walk behind his mother's coffin, not being allowed to show emotion, that uh that must have been that that's brutal, that's seriously brutal. It's really brutal. Um I see his time 
he he's not ordinary, is he? He's not an ordinary kid. Um but he thanks the British public for taking him under their wing and treating them like their kids when his mother obviously passed away. Yeah. And I think he does he's done what any any father and husband would do, to be honest, take his family out that kind of situation because it seems like it, it had been bossing up for a while. Um being under the lens and being under the system, as they call it, as it's called and known. Um and I've seen like BBC articles about um William shouting at him or screaming at him in front of yeah. his grandmother also. I mean I'm excited um, to see why. I'm very excited to see why because I, I think it's about I, I read it sorry, I read it it was about um leaving the family or something like that. Or taking, yeah, I'm, I'm, not taking as many roles or something. I really don't like William at this point. Like Yeah. Show a bit more compassion at least, like be a decent human being. And um so if 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 it's a really good reason to dislike William more, I'll gladly take it, I think. Yeah. I mean William the the known cheater. And his marriage is also a complete sham anyway. Like she she mm. literally tried to get him for like two years and prosper as much as she could towards him so that posture towards him so that their two years that they were like at university together he would be like yeah 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 you'll do yeah she she just threw herself at him and kind of begged a bit but social climber yeah happened but um <clears throat> obviously 2016 their um dating breaks the world and there was just a lot of racial undertones from the media. The media in this country are extremely troubled. Um, the worst bit was gangster. Um, yeah. I she's been I've got a few quotes here. She's been described as almost straight out of Compton. She's never lived in Compton. It's insulting to Compton. Because she's almost listen to yeah. the words. It makes so much sense. Oh uh, my bad. Sorry. Um Exotic DNA was another one, and this one is this one's as uh, brutal as you want. Uh, looks like they wouldn't be part of the royal family, and for what reason is that? It's Harry takes ownership in terms of he talks about his unconscious bias and um the royal family. They talk about how the royal family kind of pass it off, saying. It's part of it. It's part of it. Um, Which is every crazy. single every single person gets it, and she it's just her turn. She's no different kind of thing. But then he was saying like, but it is different because there's a race element, and it yeah. seems that like not they didn't get it. They didn't get it. But it's an insane argument. Like, yeah. What? Everyone has an unconscious bias about something and everyone gets treated with an unconscious bias about something, but it doesn't mean, yeah, but you know, it's normal. Like you don't, you don't go, this person is unconsciously racist and go, oh, yes, like, that's, that's never something that makes you think positively about someone that like, is not something that you should just let go. Yeah. 
But I, I almost straight out of Compton, man. Our, our journalists have been going down the shit for years, and yeah, it's just just ridiculous. The sun is literally run at a loss. Yep, and you know, um, yeah, but Rupert Murdoch will do anything he can to damage this country. So that's all right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like even at a loss, they're still running it because Sky Sports, please hire me. But... <laughs> Listen, this is Sky Sports will like this from you. <laughs> like, like what we're doing, they'll they'll love it. But um, yeah, I just think I do think I obviously I do hear their points. Um, and this is obviously their chance to say their peace and have the opportunity, you know. And I do I do welcome that for them. Um but at the same time I do think it doesn't need to drag on as long as it needs to now kind of thing. Like I mean if the documentary's out, people can make their own minds. Surely now you can just live your live your lives like quietly, blissfully into the distance. Obviously you are Prince Harry, it's you can't you're kind of born that you're always good and she's a famous actress yeah it's gonna come with the territory but with regards to the royal family i think cut ties there really um i, I just i think i do just did just come away like quite disgusted with journalism mostly like i mean camilla wearing yeah. that brooch i don't know if you're there yet camilla wore yeah. a racist brooch to their wedding uh, or or uh, it was the princess of like princess. Oh no, Michael princess Kent. Michael of Kent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, uh, sure, yeah, the black yeah. brooch, and which is apparently I've not looked into it, but racial connotations quite strongly linked to it. Um, which to me, I mean, I know what people in those circles are like, and I know what people in. Like I know how condescendingly and underhanded people like that can make comments, and I mean I work with people like that. Like it's, I'm not saying they're racist, but they 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 have a very strong ability to. Show. That is what racism in Britain looks like. Though it's it's always yeah. undertones. It's, it's always undertones. Like, and someone, the book I'm reading, watching English, kind of, there are people who it quotes and she kind of agrees that there's a reason racism isn't as bad in Britain in a way as it is in other countries. Like there may be as many racist people in Britain as there are anywhere else, but we're not going to get violent about it. Like people are going to do it in a, like an underhanded way, which is almost worse because in a way there's like victims of racism that will never know they're victims of racism. Yeah, like, you might look back at it in, in hindsight and be like, "Ah, uh, yeah, like, that was oh, that's what that was." Like, whereas you go to a foreign country and you just could get called the N word, and then you're like, "Ah, oh, right, okay, yeah, you're racist." In Britain, someone might make a comment about your kind of people, and you're like, "Yeah," I mean, we saw it recently with um, Lindsay Hussey, like she was a senior aide at the Royal Palaces, or something. And yeah. she, uh, a woman from a women's charity, came dressed in I don't know, um, 
wore, wore like traditional clothing from her country mm. and she's just like saying like where your people from kind of all these undertones someone of a certain age kind of thing but like where your people from um, come on lady you know what I mean and stuff like that just nice. it's very uneasy very you know yeah, but where are your parents really from yeah she yeah she she had to say like oh, I'm British and then she was like no you know what I mean where are you really from she was like I'm from Hackney and then she's like okay we're gonna be like that so come fly with me where are your people from like what is that like what do you mean what does that mean I said I come fly with me scene where he's like where are you from Bradford <laughs> oh no where are, you, where are your parents from oh Bolton I think it's clear clear as day. Maybe a referendum for the royal family. Listen, I'm not going to speak on them. I don't know. Crazy. Huh? That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. Hello and welcome back to part three. Um, so yeah, previously we talked about Harry and Meghan, and yeah, I was just saying how I was gonna ask you about how um MPs you've seen been reacting, and I was just saying um Piers Morgan also has continued his his really weird obsession with Harry and Meghan and yeah I think this all stems from Meghan rejecting him for drinks or something or on a date but um yeah take it away what have MPs been saying or so political commentators there was just a Tory MP said that it should be brought to discussion in the House of Commons that we strip the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and it should be like passed as legislation that they be stripped of their role, their titles of I'm pretty sure it is like a Sussex MP. Because, right. You know, Tory country. Um but he basically said like they represent really poorly on our county, so we don't want them. Hmm. Hmm. Which is a crazy thing to say also, like, mm. I don't really, you don't really what? Understand it. I don't, this whole county thing, which is a count, uh, Kent, I don't know. I don't really, I don't, we live in a certain county or borough, um, I don't think they have that much effect on us at all. I don't see it personally. Um, I don't think anyone else really think like when I hear Duchess and Duke of Duchess Sussex, I don't actually think um, what effect they've had to Sussex or what influence they've had on Sussex. I don't think any differently of Sussex personally. But when I hear of things from our area, I don't know it does it does like to me it does actually mean something but like for example I'm more likely to buy a piece of fruit or a juice if it was made just around the corner from my house um and I'm less likely to like say if I was from Kent I'm less likely to like Princess Michael of Kent because she's representing the county poorly. Yeah. 
I, I don't want whatever, wherever I'm from to be represented by someone who just, I don't, yeah. if someone asks me, where are you from? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm from Fulham. And then like the MP of Fulham that day goes out and like says that um, we should disregard human rights for um, people who are being like illegal immigrants, basically. Migrants, yeah. Immigrants. It wasn't, I don't think it was the MPF film. I can't remember who it was, but someone said it. But I, I wouldn't want that person representing where I'm from. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I hear that from my borough, my London borough as well. I don't know. It's, yeah. I don't know. I'm not really, it's not something I particularly think about. Um, I don't particularly follow dealings of my borough too closely. Um, but, but I do hear your point. I think so, I, just have, I think I have an unconscious bias towards local products, basically. Like I've got, I've got, I've got a bit of patriotism, but like countyism about countyism, barrerism. See here, on God's best kiss, kids kiss. God's best kiss. Wow. Here on God's best kids, we uh, we coin new phrases. A revolutionary innovation goes further but anyway thank you for joining me today on yeah, this podcast. always um yeah i hope you've enjoyed yourself i have um very good topics yeah we've gone through some really interesting topics and topical topics also as we do every week um Ooh. are well, we doing one next week on wednesday um, potentially let's surprise the people okay. surprise me as they say um, yeah thanks for joining me thanks for listen invaluable opinion as always I can't replace that I can't put money you can't put money value on what this man has to say me with chat GPT huh not replace me with chat GPT exactly exactly man um, pay this man what he's worth, please. Please, please, please. Got a glowing review. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Thank my you. boy. And potentially see you soon. Yeah. Touch wood. Travel safe, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. To my borough, I will travel safe, <laughs> and I will continue. I might start being patriotic towards it. Anyway, love and affection to the people out there. Love and affections. Uh, see you later. Bye. Peace.